You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line with me today, we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jeff. I'm doing well. We had a little better week here so far. Uh, maybe things uh, will start improving uh, going forward. Hopefully. So, Eric, first, let's take a look at what's happening within the economy. Uh, we've seen some new U.S. Department of Labor numbers basically saying that individuals filing for initial unemployment benefits increased by 31,000 last week to 313,000 from the previous week's total of 282,000. And likewise, we're seeing there's also a decline in consumer prices of around 0.7% last month. What are your thoughts on terms of this, Eric, and likewise, this continual economic non-recovery? Well, it's the same story, uh, Jeff. You know, the the economic numbers are fundamentally weak. Uh, you mentioned the uh, jobless numbers. We've got capital goods orders were lousy. Consumer confidence is falling. Uh, most of the regional Fed indices are all pointing to, um, to an economic decline. So the same thing just keeps playing out over and over and over. Meanwhile, of course, the stock market hits record highs. And perhaps uh, one of the more interesting things is to, again, look at Japan without all this money printing. And the latest data there was just abysmal with retail sales down, consumer confidence weak, capital expenditures weak. The whole uh, nonsense that QE, quantitative easing, is going to improve the economy, I think it's proven to be total nonsense. And yet we care. Of course, it helps the stock market and helps the bond market because the central banks are sitting there printing all sorts of money and buying the bond and driving yields lower, all with the intent of having the economy do better. And I think the net result is it's it's kind of held it in stasis. It hasn't really got any better. But in the meantime, we've taken on all these debts and all these uh, liabilities have, have gone on to the Fed's central bank's balance sheets and uh, you know, if rates ever come back to normal, I'd hate to think of the losses that would be incurred in both bonds and stocks. I mean, it would just be incredible. And, you know, the fact that we keep uh, depriving the saver of any return on his money is such an ironic, ridiculous situation to be in that it, uh, we all know what the net result is going to be. We just don't know when that re- net result is going to manifest itself. And now, likewise, Eric, in the same realm of the economy, what about foreign exchange and what we've been seeing happening this week as well? What are your thoughts on that? Sure. Well, I mean, it's just absolutely chaotic what's going on in the foreign currency markets. We've spoken about this before. I find it so ridiculous that of all financial assets, the foreign currencies are the most volatile. <laughs> They're more volatile than bonds and stocks and commodities. We've had a number of devaluations. Essentially, the Ukrainian currencies fall out of even though what it is by 50%. The Azerbaijan devalued by 33%. We have these massive fluctuations in all sorts of currencies. I mean, the euro's weak again. Uh, and I think, understandably, that these problems in uh, both the Ukraine and Greece are not going away. <laughs> That's the one thing that, that I think seems very obvious. A debtor who has too much debt and has no economic growth is never going to pay the debt. So uh, we're all just sort of fiddling while Rome's burning here. And the Troika always suggests that they have solutions, but obviously there are no solutions to these problems. And we'll see a continuing economic decline over there, notwithstanding stocks going up. But stocks 
can't keep going up up if the underlying economic fundamentals are not going to have the same kind of trend as stocks. And, and those economic trends are very, very weak worldwide. Now, Eric, on to a topic that I've discussed with you, I've even discussed with our friend Ed Steer, and that's the whole idea of the COMEX and of it being a total fraud. Would you care to comment in terms of what's happening with precious metals and likewise with the option expiry as well, too? Sure. Well, I just think it's it's such a scam. Uh, you know, when gold got up to over 1300 all the commercials go short. They drive it down $100. All the commercials buy it again. They sweep $100 per ounce in, in case of gold off the table. Uh, by my calculation, they made, you know, well over a billion dollars. They probably made $300 million in silver. And then here we go again. Now they'll probably go long. The precious metals will go up. Then they'll short them again and drive it down. And it's just a game where it's like being in the casino where, you know, the VIG has to keep being paid to the to the dealer or the guy in charge of the game, and the guy in charge of the game of the commercials. They obviously act in concert, which is so obvious. We have this potential investigation into, you know, these 10 major institutions involved in the precious metals manipulation. I mean, I'm not putting a lot of credence in that because they had so many damn investigations and ultimately no net result, but I think it's quite obvious to anybody watching the game exactly what the game is. Just cream the investors. I mean, they make the, the options valueless when they expire. Uh, they create the momentum both upwards and downwards in gold and silver markets only to line their own pockets. So it's just the biggest scam of all time. I would always encourage people not to get involved in options and precious metals, not to get involved in paper trading on COMEX because it's, they're just going to get it handed to them every, every expiry. Uh, and speaking of expiry, I wanted to talk a little about some of the items that could affect metals this coming week. And perhaps the most important thing is, you know, what will India do with the import tax on precious metals, which is now 10%? There's some thought that it could go to 2%. Uh, the budget, I think, is tomorrow, believe it or not. And uh, maybe we'll get some really good news over the weekend. I think the Indians have been a little restrained in their gold purchases in the last few weeks, hoping that there will be this cut in the import duty. They don't want to be long gold and pay the 10% and then have to turn around and sell it at a lower price. So they, I think they've been sort of uh, missing in action here for a while. And if the import rate is cut, I think you'll see the Indians come back into the market in a big way. And the other thing I wanted to talk about was we have the first notice day in silver is today. I think there's 13,000 contracts outstanding, which would represent 65 million ounces. There will be, of course, a reduction in that. We just don't know how much. I mean, it was incredible what happened in the last first notice day. I mean, the option, it just, the outstanding contracts just disappeared which always seems kind of absurd, but uh, that happens. And uh, But we'll wait and see. I mean, it could be as many as, you know, 25 million ounces uh, being uh, allocated for or asked for, and uh, I think that would tighten up the silver market. So those are two of the items that I think we should look forward to and monitor carefully this weekend and see if we can sustain this rally that has been somewhat tentative, but at least, you know, there's a lot of people that would have expected going into this week with these breaches of the technical indicators that gold and silver might have been much weaker, but the breaches are brought about to cause people to sell things so the commercials can reload again. And then, of course, they'll go back up through the technical barriers and then the commercials were short again. It's such a, a regular occurrence and it boggles the mind that it's allowed to occur and just have the people, the, the real investors, uh, 
get their profits taken away from them, and in fact, create losses every year, so uh, or every expiry, I should say. So uh, I'm still very hopeful that the physical demand is there. I'm really looking forward to the Indian decision, and uh, I'll be watching very closely how much the allocation is to silver in the first notice day. tonight. Well, Eric, I think we'll all be looking forward to see what happens with India and their import tax on gold. And likewise, we look forward to talking to you next week and see how this will affect the market. Okay, Jeff, let's hope for a good week. Thanks. Thank you, Eric. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Spot Money News. Have a great weekend.